KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. G'day, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dylan Friends. This week on the pod, Scotty James. Scotty James. What a legend Scotty James was, Dust. We got him in the studio. He's down for like a three-day window, flew in from New York, saw his mum and dad in uh, Warrandyte, came in to do the podcast, was going to stay in the city, then going to the GP, then flying somewhere else in Europe. Did you feel uh, privileged to to be on that list? I really did. Lived an incredible life, this guy. Incredible life. Um, If you don't know him, world champion snowboarder, Olympic Games athlete, won a silver and bronze medal, absolute star, and... Went to his first Olympic Games when he was 13, uh, 15 years old, sorry. And yeah, just lives in... Um, like We don't really know a lot about snowboarding or winter sports in Australia because it's not one of our biggest things. But this guy's dominating the global stage in snowboarding. And I'd say... Actually, I was going to ask him about this, which I didn't, unfortunately. But I was, <laughs> I'd say his biggest audience is actually not in Australia. I'd yeah, say right. they'd probably be in Canada and the US because yeah, he's yeah. got such a high profile over there, which is awesome. Um, obviously, everyone knows him here too, but obviously really well known there. He lives in Monaco. Crazy. Which is just cool. Um, lives all, you know, like flies all over Europe. Um, is based over there, obviously, as I said. But, yeah, it's a pretty cool, like, little background as well. Like, he's engaged to Chloe Stroll, Stroll which is Lance Stroll's, Lance Stroll's sister, sister, who drives for Aston Martin, whose dad is Lawrence Stroll that owns Aston Martin. Obviously, good friends with Daniel Ricciardo as well. Did he so, talk about the the bromance there? He talked to me. He didn't yeah, he did. He spoke about the bromance, but also just that eco that relation like how weird that all happens. So there's a lot going on, man. This guy lives a life that not many people would ever see. He's a bit of a um, big dog, isn't he? Oh, he's a massive dog. He's cool, very handsome, love to chat with him. Um but yeah, he's doing some really cool things and obviously a great Australian advocate um overseas, making us all proud. So make sure you check it in. It's an awesome ep- awesome episode and um really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, it's special. Get comfortable, be uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handing him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Oh, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him, oh, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Scotty James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, thank Man, you. Man, thanks so much for here. coming in. It's been like, I would just say not fair, I have like massive anxiety today that you've just forgotten about the day. You're such a busy man. And I messaged you on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, this was, because we locked it in a while ago. Mm-hmm. But we're calendar people, aren't we? We are calendar people. And, and honestly, in. I wouldn't have missed it. You want to know why? Thank you. Because why? my whole life, everyone's, you know, Scott, no friends, Scott, no friends. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I cannot miss this opportunity to get on the Dill and Friends thank podcast. You, I appreciate that. So I've put it away now. I've put it thank to bed. You. This is it. I love your jewellery. Oh, thank you very much. What is that bracelet? Uh, this is actually the coordinates of where I got engaged. I thought that. I, I was like thinking in my head that's what it was going to be. Yeah. Congratulations. That was recently, wasn't it? It was. Uh, was it been 12 months now, actually? Wow. Yeah. That's and sort get, of recent. getting married coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Where are you going to get married? Italy. Man, I have so many questions for you today. I've like been following your journey for like ages and it's weird to say i follow you i don't know a lot about snowboarding but i just follow like the other parts of your life is you that you don't talk to many snowboarders not so. really no <laughs> i can't say i've had too many on the podcast there's heaps, in, there's heaps around yeah, Melbourne, there's so, yeah. heaps heaps the one thing i did actually the only thing i do know about snowboarding was when i was young i was like addicted to the sean white and nintendo mm-hmm. snowboarding game yeah, that's good stuff and i just have like memories of making i went through this real vanilla milkshake phase as a kid where mm-hmm. i just like put vanilla milkshake 
milk and just blend it up, eat lamingtons and play Sean White snowboarding game. Yeah, I mean, I probably was doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. great stuff. That, was, that or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, yeah. one of the two good times. Great times. So sorry, back to the um, engagement. We get very off topic on mm-hmm. the show, but that was recent. You're getting married in Italy. Mm-hmm. Where do you live? Like you're an Australian boy from Warrandyte. And I've, as I said, I follow you on all platforms. I have no idea. You're in like a different country every week. Backpacker. Yeah. yeah Full time. It's mental. No, I, uh, so I f- permanently reside in Monaco in Europe, wow. but um, spent a lot of time in Switzerland and London. So kind of moving around a lot, but yeah, get back to Oz now, kind of just during the winter uh, when my, technically my off season is um, kind of my off season in the Northern Hemisphere. And then I'm back here for the winter, kind of always chasing the winter. So uh, yeah, I get back here and which is good timing because I get to watch the footy when I come back. Otherwise, yeah, always moving around. It's what's kind what's of, it like living in Monaco? Like, what is it like? I've never been, obviously. You know, I feel like there's this like stigma that it's. I mean, that it, it's obviously what it is. Yeah. But I think everyone also also assumes that you know everyone just lives in penthouses and yeah. has these incredible <laughs> these incredible lifestyle. My apartment is honestly this is bigger than my apartment wow yeah so it's yeah it's big stuff there yeah it's really it's real happening in monaco but it's a really nice place honestly to live it's good lifestyle mm. got the ocean i love cycling so i'm always cycling there a lot of fun things happening but yeah it's it's interesting is it like obviously it's a city like do, do you speak what is it in italy i'm trying yeah no, like it's, you speak it's, a bit of italian very prominently french French. Which I'm working on. Is it French? For- yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough one. Yeah. And then uh, French and Italian. So can't speak either. So, uh, you know, I'm doing really well there. You're trying. But I'm also speaking them, t- teaching them a bit of Aussie. So I guess it's I guess it's working out so one for one. Man, it's incredible. I can't imagine sort of like living in Europe and, yeah, just packing around all the time. But we'll get to that um, a bit later on. And your wife, um, your wife-to-be, sorry, Chloe. Wife-to-be, yep. So- there's this like ecosystem that I'm trying to put together, right? <laughs> and I, it's this like- It's complicated. It's mental. Yeah. So your wife-to-be yep. is Chloe. Yes. Stroll. Correct. Her brother is Lance Stroll. Correct. Because I'm a big um, Drive to Survive fan. Like okay. I don't follow the NF- the F1, yeah, yeah. but like I watch it through, yeah, through that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. The dad, uh, Lawrence. Yep. But then obviously you're really good mates with Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. So what came first? Like you mates with Rick. Like I've sort of put it, because then you got the Red Bull connection with Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> So can I pick, can I pretend I know it? Like- the, fa- the Facebook status is, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's put it that way. No, so originally been good mates with DR for a while and then started following F1 because of him. Yeah. And then I met Lance before I met Chloe. Wow. Yeah, we're still mates too. Can you believe that? Well, I've yeah. got a story of my personal self about okay, that too. So, so anyway, met Chloe <laughs> after I'd met Lance. And then I haven't been with Chloe now for, I met her in New York, actually. So it wasn't even anything to do with F1. And then um, it's been almost, well, it's been four and a bit years now. And then we're getting married soon. So going to the track or a race weekend is, uh, yeah. It's a, it's it's a tough one because, I mean, D, when DR was at McLaren, I was uh, racing between McLaren and then you're going back to Aston Martin and usually they're pretty close on the grid. So. Yeah. Um, it was always fun trying to navigate that. But uh, yeah, so that kind of sums it up, I guess, in a very simple way. <laughs> yeah. So What um was the, that now speaking of no matter how big, you know, families are, you know, famous from watching things and sports people, there's still the the um, relationships of brother, sisters, boyfriends coming to the mix, being friends like my sister actually has two kids now with one of my mates. And okay. I at the time, that was not cool. Like, I was not happy with that. But now, you know, it's turned out to be a really successful thing. And it's cool to have someone that I actually enjoy hanging out with in the family. That's but at good. The, at the early stage, it wasn't It wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. What was your situation in that place? How did you, if you don't mind me going to, how did you break the- Yeah, let's go there. Let's, yeah. you know, let's really break the ice here. Because um, it is it is weird, <laughs> isn't it? Like, at the start. It is. So- what actually happened was I was going to, I was flying to Switzerland to go to an event. Yes. And a, a snowboarding event? Uh, a snowboarding event. Yeah. And Lance was actually, he's, he's a passionate snowboarder. That's how he connected. So long story short, I was actually here at the OzGP however many years ago. And I walked into the urinal and I was doing my business, standing there looking at the wall, you know, as you do awkwardly. And Lance walked in next to me. I obviously follow Formula One, so I know who he is. And I didn't, I was just like, well, oh, that's cool. And then he kind of looked at me and then he was like, Scotty. And I like looked at him and 
you know, I was a bit like, that's cool. Yeah. How you doing? Anyway, we ended up having a chat. Loved, told me how much he loved snowboarding, blah, blah, blah. So that's how that originated. And then we, I was flying to Switzerland. I was going through Newark. I was coming from Colorado. And he'd messaged me and said, come out to BC. And I was like, oh, I can't. I've got to go. I'm going to an event. Anyway, and his sister was in New York. And as I was going through, we caught up. And uh, the rest is history. But in terms of mateship and friction, uh, it's actually been pretty good. That's good. We get along well. That's so, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've come so out the cool, other end man. well. That's so cool. End. Like just, I don't know. It must be normal to you, like flying all over the world, meeting up with people. But that just story sounds hectic. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Does that, is it normal for you now to just be like, you know, you're a boy from Warrandyte, really, at the end yeah, of the day? I am. I just came from there. Your boy great, from Wazza. Great place. Great yeah. place. Go yeah. Wazza. Wazza pub. Wazza swans? Are those swans? Or the, uh, they're the, the red, red with the yeah, V. Yeah, yeah they, look like, they look like the, the same same kid as the Swans. Yeah, I used to play footy in the day, and like we'd play against Warrandyte, normally in grading games because they weren't very good. They'd sort of be <laughs> they'd get talent. You know, we'd do it pump and by one twenty. I was actually a Park Orchard Sharks guy. Oh, you were Shark? Well, they were yeah, quite similar. They were pretty shit as well. Yeah, but the one thing I remember about <laughs> both of those teams being, you know, like sending them back to like Brown Division and Green Division and stuff was the Warrandyte had a good skate park at the yeah. ground, so yeah. we used to like come yeah, do play, a, do a few kick flips, do a few fifty fifties, kick, kick a couple, kick from six, 50s. Yeah, come back, yeah. reassess. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I do remember that. But um, yeah, sorry, back to the question. Are you reading my bio? Being a boy from Warrandyte <laughs> and now jet setting all that is that like a normal? Has it become normal? Is that life? I guess it's been, yeah, I still pinch myself. It's a pre, been a very, it's been an incredible journey to mm. say the least. I mean, um, you know, being a snowboarder in general is very outside the box for an Australian. So from a young age to pursue it, yeah, a bit of a strange task, I guess, because it wasn't like we necessarily had the gateway to pursue it as a profession. We kind of, my dad was a very passionate snowboarder. We just did it as, you know, as for fun. Mm when we go to Canada and, and locally and everything like that. And then, uh, yeah, over time, um, I guess I was able to be exposed to some international competition and did okay. And then when I was about 12, I did my first Northern Hemisphere season in the US. And yeah, that was kind of like where we decided that, you know, I was really going to give it pursue. a go, pursue it. And then since then, I mean, all the traveling, it's just part of it. So at the time when I was younger, I probably took it for granted a little bit because I didn't realize how incredible it was to be able to do that and, you know, travel the world and, you know, even just doing what you love every day is, yeah. you know, you can't take that for granted. I mean, I don't know, for you, we get to sit in here and talk shit and that's, it's a pretty good job. It's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so I guess not a moment goes by where I don't pinch myself and feel very fortunate that I've been able to do what I do. And then it has its moments. I mean, I don't get to see my family very often. I arrived in from the US this morning and I went out to Warrandyte and saw them and now I'm here and then tonight I'm in the city. So it's, it's a lot of moving around. But uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, still pushing and going and being on the tour and everything, I'm as, I'm as hungry as I've ever been. But yeah, it has its moments. But I think now that I'm setting myself up a little bit more in Europe, I'm able to feel like I have a bit more of a home base, which mm. is nice. Whereas before that, I mean, I was just living out of my bag everywhere. I would, you know, do short stays and rentals here and there, which was, you know, you always just feel like you're never really that settled. But yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, it's been been a lot of fun. Oh, I might, I can imagine. Or I, I can't imagine just through, through looking at your life. But I know what you're saying in terms of it does become the norm does become your reality. And whilst all these incredible things are happening, there is always a payoff. There's always like the other side of things that people don't see like that living is stayed away from your family. I know your brother travels with you, but it's pretty hectic, like mm. living that life. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of moments even recently for me where I've, I guess I would say I'm a pretty ambitious person in terms of just on like a competitive level. Mm. But even just, even probably just on the level of growing up, because it wasn't something that was very typical, just even for me and my family, trying to navigate even just a lot, as, a lot of people's opinions from the outside in, saying that, you know, there was not really any end goal in what I was doing or what I was doing, you know, didn't make sense to, you know, the typical, whatever it may have been at the time, education, whatever it had been. Yep. So I think now I look back and I'm like, 
I just got my parents to thank because, mm. you know, they, it was their decision at the end of the day, even if I wanted to keep going, you know, they were making, they, they put all the chips on the table and let me pursue my passion. So, so it's pretty cool now where I'm like, well, I never actually thought I would just on accolades level get to where I, where I've gotten, um, without blowing smoke. But, yeah. you know, I guess I can say I'm, I'm pretty proud of it just because of the, the journey that it's been to get here. And then now the experiences that I get, you oh, know, it's, crazy. it's, um, yeah, it's feel really cool. I feel like I've lived 10 lifetimes. So it's, uh, well, mate, just knowing you for like, you know, five minutes and five, I feel like you've done that as well. But one thing that's really cool and especially that you said then, which is high in my mind at the moment, like, I'm going to be a dad in like, you know, a few weeks wow. and what an idiot. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> um, and you, you listen to like what your, you know, you go into these like philosophical moments where you think a lot about like childhood and all these bits and pieces. And, you know, I feel like I've been, um, whilst I'm not living in Monaco, like I've had an incredible life and feel like I've been really blessed. Like I genuinely feel every day that I'm like the luckiest person in the world. Mm -hmm. And all of that is to do with like mum and dad. Yeah. You know, just like nothing that I ever did is um, was about the outcome. It was more just about like being happy and trusting and just doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's like a cool gift to be able to give a kid and like look now you look now and, and you said like it's cool you've been able to achieve but you look back and it was probably inevitable mm. that this stuff was going to happen mm. you know, if you looked back people would have been like everyone would have seen it happening really yeah yeah I, I mean if they saw it it was definitely you know I, I guess I didn't see it yet yeah. because there's probably more shit times than there were good unfortunately in the past I would say eight years for me it's been a pretty really good run for me competitively mm. and I'm still as fired up as I was when I was a 13 year old so yeah, I guess you know my parents probably trusted people that said that I might have had potential, but yeah, there's never any guarantees. But I think the most rewarding thing is when you know you do you put your chips on the table and you and you give it everything you've got, win, lose, or draw. I think you can't you don't lose. I mean, even if you know in theory you did actually maybe not get to where you wanted to, at least you gave it your best shot. So. Um, yeah, it's cool. The let's get let's break that down then, because so you went away when you were thirteen. I don't want to harp over this fact because this is like a big realization I had this morning when I was looking at your story, and we've mentioned it a few times. But like growing up in in Warrandyte, for those who aren't in Victoria, don't know that area. Like it's what forty minutes out of Melbourne, mm -hmm. so it's nowhere near the snow. No, so it's like the equivalent of a pro surfer. Well, it is the equivalent of a pro surfer becoming a pro surfer when they don't live near the ocean. Mm. Like you lived nowhere near the snow. Yeah. So to be able to do what you've done and not even like grow up in a snow area is actually quite remarkable. You'd be one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, and you didn't actually grow up in the snow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I love how much we're plugging Warren Dyke. This is Yeah, was that? Well, the only other guys are the Teske brothers. Yes, it's true. I haven't met them Have yet. you met them yet? No. You guys have got to do like a tour together I'm or really, something. I'm, I'm, I really just don't want to be that guy because I'm sure there's so many people that go up to them and be like, you know, I lived in Croydon or, you know, we're neighbours. Yeah. But I'm going to be but like- But you're actually Warren Dyke. I'm actually Warren Dyke. Yeah, I love the Teske brothers. Yeah, we were playing the them before. Yeah, it's funny. I think, yeah, being, I mean, what is it, two hours to Mount Buller or something is like that? that what, is that your home mountain? We went there a Berk lot. Street? Honestly, my mum was a champion. She was driving me anywhere, everywhere, every weekend so I could compete, whether it was, you know, any discipline, racing, you know, freestyle that I do now. It didn't matter. She would drive me up to New South Wales on a Friday wow. after school. I would compete Saturday and Sunday and then she'd drive me home on Sunday night and, you know, that's an eight-hour eight drive. So we're doing some good stints in the car. But, yeah, so credit to my mum and then obviously my dad would, would definitely switch out sometimes and do those trips as well. So, uh, yeah, in Victoria and New South Wales, I was all over the place. There was nowhere that we ever went okay. all the time. Playing the very... That's no home turf then. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah, like that. Exactly. When you were got to that age where there was a tap on the shoulder from someone, um, I don't know who, like, was it Was it a single person? Was it just like people, you know, do you get scouted internationally? Were you just winning enough tournaments to get, like, recognized, but that you got sent overseas at a young age? Like, I would have struggled as an 18-year-old leaving. Like, I, I don't think even at 13 I could stay at a mate's house overnight, <laughs> let alone go in the state um, or overseas. I kind of think it's... Yeah, I think within the industry, it's very, it's a close knit industry. So mm. when you go on tour, like I would say I've been on tour now since I was 13. Um, and that's because, you know, there's the junior circuit that kind of follows the the, the main tour. Yep. And when you're doing those junior, junior events, you have a lot of, you know, the people that you kind of, where you get your shot is like you might have signed with a, 
an endemic sponsor. So let's say like Burton or um, at the time it would have been Quicksilver or whoever it was. And when you kind of within the industry, when someone kind of takes you Back on you. board, then maybe it might bring in some attention from other angles and then you kind of become a prodigy. Yeah, wow. So that's kind of how it works. Like there's not really any scouter or someone necessarily picking you to to do um, or be on tour, I guess. It's more so just, I guess, word of mouth within within the industry and sponsorship and everything like that that kind of like funnels you into being in the right position. Mm. How'd you find that then? So you head overseas at 13. Mm-hmm. How long were you away for? What was it? Like you, you're leaving school, obviously. Like there's a fair bit of like 13, man, I've done anything. I don't even you know, kiss a girl at 13 years of age, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe not passionately anyway, but what what, <laughs> what was that like um, for you? No sleep and had you kissed no any sleep, girls at that no stage? Sleepovers. <laughs> yeah, no sleepover. Oh, no my, my childhood girls. was crazy, man. As yeah. you can imagine. You're just, was, doing, you're just doing too many kickflips. It was That's nuts. Your issue. I was yeah. just at the Lauren Dot skate park the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so I can't even, what was the question? The question was, I think, had you kissed any girls at 13? <laughs> Because I hadn't. <laughs> no, it was um, moving overseas at a young age. Moving overseas at a young age, yeah. So we first trip, like, with intention to become a professional was yep. 12. 12, wow. So I went over to, stayed in a place called Mammoth Lakes, and my mum was with me. Um, I'm one of four, so I'm the youngest of four. Uh, my other three siblings stayed home. My dad worked, uh, worked, and then I would say supported me and what I was doing and and my mum overseas. We went over there for about six months. Wow. It was a long stint. My dad came over once, but majority of the time my mum was with me. And then my three other siblings were, were in Australia with dad. So it was a big commitment. I'll never forget the flight. Like I remember going to the airport that day, like so vividly. And I said to myself, like, you know, be a big boy. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. I got on the flight from S- Melbourne to Sydney to get on my flight to go to Europe. It was the most embarrassing thing in the world. I mean, I'm 12 years old and, you know, I'm a man, so men don't cry. And I just could not stop crying. Oh. Like the flight attendant was like, she didn't know what to do. She was like trying to, trying to comfort me. Yeah, no. So I flew the first Melbourne to Sydney by myself, but then I met my coach, um, whom I'd actually been working with quite a lot before that. Mm. So and they were very familiar with my parents, so kind of made that commitment that I would go on tour and um, pursue it. And uh, actually his sister at the time was top professional. So I, I learned a lot from her. And um, yeah, so we went on tour. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a huge, it was a huge kind of leap, I guess, to say the least, just because we, we didn't really know what, what the outcome would be and where I would end up. But mm. it turned out to be really good. I did relatively well on like kind of the junior uh, junior world stage and then from then on it's just been been game on same same tour same traveling most years now and uh yeah it's been incredible what would you say has been like and this is probably a question as well at that age there's probably like a lot of maybe self-doubt like you're quite young was there a moment for you where you're like nah fuck, I can p- compete no matter how old i am like we talk about a lot in maybe uh footy sense but it's like you know ripping up the birth certificate and being like well once you're on the slopes it actually doesn't matter like once you're in the half pipe no one gives a fuck how old you are yeah so i think snowboarding as well i think snowboarding is a very young demographic sport it's um you know you can get 16 year olds or 17 year olds you know winning so it's that's pretty common that's common yeah yeah. really and same as skateboarding i mean you see nowadays kids just yeah 14 years old winning x games gold medals it's unbelievable so yeah i would say age is it's a really interesting one in sport i find i mean nowadays there's so many great stories of you know the goats let's say who Mm. go longer than what people would have would have picked them to I think nowadays with, you know, understanding the body and the mind and everything, like you can go a really long way. So I think even for me, I'm 28 and I still feel like, and I want to do a lot in snowboarding. There's a lot I still want to achieve. So my mindset from when I was, to go back to the question, hasn't really changed from when I was 13 and starting to now being 28. So yeah, you're right. I've ripped up the birth certificate because I think when you're just passionate about it and you love it, um, it doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mm. matter as long as you're doing all the right things to compete at a high level it um yeah it's good. did you ever have like was that something that you always knew or was there moments where like you got feedback being like 
you know, obviously the career is not always on a linear trajectory. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be ups and downs and parts where you maybe lose that mindset or you don't have that. Were there times that, that really struggled early days or has there been peaks sh- and cliffs in the career? For sure. So I uh, probably one of the tougher points was when I was 15 um, and I just done quite well on like the junior circuit when I was 13. So 13, pretty much when you turn 14, you become, you're on the men's tour. So you're bottom of the pile. So you kind of finish a Northern season feeling pretty damn good about yourself, Mm. walking proud, doing manies in Warrandite, you know, (laughs) feeling great to the next year, just being like, the bottom, the bottom of the bottom. yeah, yeah, the bottom of the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. It sounds like a bit like you know the park orchard sharks from what you just said yes. before. Yeah, that not makes that I would have known because yeah. you know we won every time I played. But yeah, that was in brand um, division. Though, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't deep four. So um, just four, to be clear, sorry, yeah. yeah, okay. But yeah, so then you go onto the on the men's world stage, and then when I was fourteen, I got a really great opportunity to go to the Olympics in twenty ten. Cut a long story short, I guess I wasn't performing the way that a lot of people would um, hoped that I would. Mm. And then I'm also then turning from, you know, kind of a a boy into a man, I guess, in that sense where uh, I was dealing with maybe a lot more exterior input or people's opinions that I didn't have to deal with before. And that definitely wore on me a lot. And I think why it was so hard was I always, whenever I talk at a school or do anything nowadays, I talk about this because it's not even that just because I was playing sport, this was a thing. This is just in general. Mm. You hit a you hit a point where I hit puberty, I was getting a bit taller, I started to care about what people thought of me, you know, tricks weren't happening as easy, I got scared, I was fearful, you know, all those things that basically stopped me from being the Scotty James, I guess, that got that opportunity. And then that really tore me up because I didn't understand how to talk about it either. So then my ego overrided my emotions so that when I wanted to try and find a solution, I couldn't because I was too scared of the opinion someone would give me of of what I how I felt at the time. And that ended up just making me blow up like a bomb. I got to a point where I just did an event, did terrible. It was kind of like getting to the pointy end of qualifying for the games. And I just went home and I just cried. I cried for, I felt like 10 hours to my mum in bed. And that was like the explosion because I'd never really found or was able to like talk or, you know, I guess tell anyone how I was really feeling. And not because it's anyone's fault. Like I have the best family in the world that support me through everything. It was more just me not feeling comfortable to talk about it. And look, the big scheme of things, it's not a massive issue. Now, if I didn't go to that games, I probably went went to another one. But I think because I knew I was also talented enough to do it and I could execute it, it was almost, yeah, it was more of an ego. It hurt Mm. my ego a lot. And even at, it's crazy, even at, I was 15. So I was kind of trying to delegate all these issues internally, which because of me by myself and I shouldn't have. And I think it's important to talk about it now because regardless of, I mean, it's probably so relevant even in football or swimming or shit, whatever it is you pursue in your life when you're a teenager, all of a sudden you you care what, in, in, in my case, you care what the girls think, you care what your peers and your older brothers think and you and it just happens. Yeah. And you kind of just end up in a in a position where it's a bit tough. But so that was really hard. That was fifteen. Anyway, I ended up qualifying, which was amazing. And it was kind of like a big chip off my shoulder. And then yeah, so I learned a lot at a young age. And then since then, kind of used it as a, you know, turn of a page to to be able to talk a little bit more and help me. And then and then ever since I've been able to talk a little bit more, it's been a pretty good uphill progression. So cool, man. Like that whole thing around bottom, bottoming, wouldn't say bottoming out, but like having a sort of moment where things aren't going away and you can be really honest with yourself is so important, especially at a young age to have it. It sets you up. Like a lot of people have that at like 30 or 40. Mm. And I was so lucky. I don't know if I'm if I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I had a similar journey at like 18, did the exact same thing, like ego in the way, thought I was this like mad dog, wanted to be more liked than being respected, mm-hmm. you know, thought that like, the cool shit was getting the sponsors and doing those things and then just completely fucked, you know, a lot of my actual on-field stuff that was there. Is that like a similar? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I seriously feel like every male goes through that, no matter what it is, if it's elite sport, if it's life, if it's work, it's just being so honest with yourself in where you are and being able to learn that early is going to hold you in so much better stead for for later on. Yeah. 
I think it's nowadays I live by this is that mental freedom is just being able to be completely content with yourself. So like, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but when you can just wake up and be happy with and whatever it is that makes you happy, then that's kind of just the key to like propel yourself mm. into places where maybe you never thought you could go. And it sounds so simple, but when you just be you and you be authentic, it's uh, that's the key to key to success. And then you you kind of you get to live life free, and it's mm. great. But yeah, in snowboarding, it's very similar. Like I would say, and I don't mind saying it, I'm not I'm not someone that fits in with the scene because. I guess the stereotype of a snowboarder is the partying and the drinking and smoking and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. I mean, I think it's evolved a little bit more, but I think that's obviously people looking from the outside in. But when I look at like, you know, the top, top guys and a lot of the really good com- competition, regardless of competition, but even backcountry people, anyone that's kind of pursued it to a high level, you know, they've kind of found their way and they've done it their way. And I can imagine even with can imagine in like a footy sense, it's the exact same thing. Oh, like just you can, life sense, yeah. Yeah, you can only really get so far or maybe as far as the club would let you or by no fault of their own, it's just kind of what happens. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's a tough one. Well, it's just like the, exactly what you said before about, you know, almost when you can just be comfortable in your own skin, be yourself, that's ultimate ultimate freedom, mm. not caring what people think. And that that that's not, it's so much easier said than done. Like you nearly need to go through what you said before that you've been through to actually experience that and know it. Like as much as we can say it, you can be told something a million times but until it clicks with you, you're not going to take it on board. Mm. Um, so you unfortunately, people, you know, maybe young guys and girls listening to this, and I'm sure a lot of people have already been through that time and they don't give a fuck what people think of them, but you have to experience it first to, to have that yeah. mindset. Like- for example, I always tell a story. When we started, the, can you imagine it, how cool every other player thought I was when I started my own podcast playing in the Neefle? Like yeah. that, that, was, that wasn't a tough, that wasn't a cool thing back then, man. That wasn't I like- I actually have a story of the first time I heard this podcast. You want to hear it? Oh, fuck. Not really, but yeah. So- <laughs> No. I was actually going to open up with this. Yeah. But, so years ago, your, your funny friend- um, Dan Gorange? Yes. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Um- We'll keep that amongst us. Yeah, we won't. We yeah, we'll cut yeah, that out. We won't tell him. So this this might be familiar to you, but so I, anyway, I'm in a close knit family. So yeah. this video goes around of your podcast in my family, and I'm like, oh yeah, what is it? So I open it up. Anyway, it's your mate Dan having a talking about. You go for the blues, right? Yes. Talking about a specific player in the blue in the blues, and um, anyway, he's saying you know they're doing a pracky match or something at training, and one player went up gave it a good tap, obviously executed it really well, landed maybe, <laughs> you know, shirt front and ended with strength. Yes, yeah. Is that just that you remember Mark Pitnot? Pitnet. You know who he is? Is he your cousin? He's my cousin. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Pitto. Yeah. Wow. So strength is yeah, strength. in the James family. Yeah, it comes. Oh, yeah. The strength That's is why strength. You can never is natural. talk shit about anyone, man. You don't know who, where they are, who they're. Not that we were talking. We love Peter. We love strength. Mate, I watched that and yeah. I was like, tell them. Tell them. Tell That's them strength. It. Exactly. Love that. Um, <laughs> how was he related to you? Like my mum's sister. Yeah, it makes sense because the sisters are. Yeah. Yeah. Then they had yeah. kids. And <laughs> the, the other one part, I had something else was like in my head. I was like, that's a sick question. I have another fun fact for you. Yeah, go that one while I think of okay. it. Okay. I was actually, as much as I was a jet at footy, you know, I mean, I ended up st- yeah. stopped playing because, you know, I had to go overseas. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What sort of footy player were you, by the way? Like, oh, everything. Every, yeah. Yeah, just. Just anywhere. Just anywhere. Just, yeah. <laughs> basically, it was it, like, yeah. basically, it was going. We need him going here. shit anywhere Get James, on the ground. Yeah, we need him on like, the bench. Go down Quickly. there. Quickly. Yeah, put him on the bench. We need a warmer. Yeah, I mean, you probably heard of him, but Christian Petrarca. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's all right. But my mum was our basketball coach. So you play basketball as well? Yeah, park coach at Steelers. He's a Red Bull boy too. My mum, my mum even coached us, and it still to this day shits me. I couldn't even win, you know, coaches award. Wow, especially when your mum's a coach. That's coaches award. Uh, yeah, I that, probably was like two or three seasons in a row. So you weren't one of those. You, you did win, or you didn't. No, I never won it. Well, I'm happy with that because you he never want to be that kid that wins coach's award when your mum or dad's a coach. I did when I was against him. It was fierce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so really tough. So you were a rebounder I, type. Were nowadays, you? I kept, whenever I see him and stuff, I'm like, yeah, mate, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> 
KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad break during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy. Available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. <laughs> I'm just really happy he didn't pick up a snowboard because he would have dominated me in oh, that too. Man. Thank goodness. Thanks. He's a great guy. He's, do you do much with him now with the Red Bull stuff as well? Yeah, I see him a bit. Because yeah, um, he was training over in weekend. Austria or something in the yeah, off-season. Yeah. They do a lot. Red Bull's amazing. So they have like big training facilities for a yeah. lot of their athletes and uh, in Austria and in LA. So there's a lot of uh, the um, high-performance centers and if you're on Red Bull, it's, yeah, it's amazing. They look after you, you get physios, you can have nutritional advice and amazing gyms. It's incredible. Well, mate, like the stuff that I see on on your profile of you doing like the workout stuff and, and everything is the part I actually wanted to talk about. Cause you said before about like when you were going through that phase, there was like losing maybe the fear. There was a fear factor around stuff, which is, you know, obviously like how big is a half pipe? Half pipes, half pipe is 22 foot. Well, it's actually 23 foot. So from the ground up 22 foot. And then how, how high are you going in the air? So you're going another 15 to 20 above it's that. It's fucked up. So yeah, it's like it's, you're, it's, you're in your right mind to be scared. It's it's not like it's not a yeah, thing. Go up, just it, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just hope for the best. How – so analogy here. This is definitely not snowboarding. But when I was young, something really stands out to me. And this is always – stuck with me whether it's footy as a kid I was like you know into my skating into my bike riding and anything I do um and it's so weird you know just weird shit sticks with you mm. I had this game one day and I, again I was probably in that you know 13 14 year old phase where you think you're the world figured yeah, out yeah, yeah. killing it skate parking hot yeah. dogging all those sort of things <laughs> by hot dogging I meant eating hot dogs well, I don't know why that's we cut know, that man. out um <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was at this practice match and I was <laughs> playing a game of um footy and I was like, oh, I'm too good for this. Like, you know, in your head, I'm like, too good for this. It's a practice match. I'm going to go lightly on this game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went lightly and this guy like ran past and ran through me. And I sort of like put my arm out and didn't commit to a tackle that I would in a, in a high performance game. And my dad pulled me off and he's like, don't ever. Like he was not a coaching dad. Like it was just a thing. Like never gave me feedback on anything. Mm-hmm. But he's like said this. I just remember this day. He's like, don't ever go half-assed. And you're only going to get hurt when you don't commit. Mm-hmm. And I've like, it's true. again, with all that shit, like about, yes, you look at that in a footy sense, but I do that in business relationships. Like once I'm in, like I have to be in mm-hmm. because it's all failure comes from not being committed to something fully. Yeah. Do you resonate with that? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's super important. I think just from in my sport, obviously it's very high risk. I mean, the majority of the time when people talk about, action sport in general it's usually related to someone hurting themselves or doing something so there's always this uh in the back of your mind it like sits there whether you want it or not so for me um i totally agree so i'm in the i'm in the same i'm in the same mindset where you know whatever i'm doing in my life whether it's snowboarding or even you know my relationship with chloe or whatever it is it's if that's if that's a decision i've made then I'll be 110% on that decision and stick to it and understand it, appreciate it, respect it. And uh, I think that's the same with my snowboarding and my tricks because snowboard, like the half pipe specifically is, you know, the margin for error is like zero. Like you can't, you know, one one second too early off off the start or a second too late, you know, you'll land on, on the deck. The deck is like the top of the half pipe, so... You know, this is the wall. If you land up here, and then you'll probably fall back in, or you fall down to the bottom. So it's very. What's worse? They're both. Yeah, they're both. Not, shit. It's not a yeah, fun one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Um, probably, probably landing flat, as we would say, lingo for you. Yeah, yeah uh, no, no. is a little bit better than decking out. Yeah. But um, both and just for context tough. out there, I don't think anyone would be thinking this, but snow is not soft. Like I've been to Buller, no, and it's fucking. Not. It really hurts. <laughs> I actually really hurt my back. <laughs> yeah. 
Just in case anyone was, I just wanted to jump in there yeah. just in case. Yeah, yeah, sure. It is. It's tough stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not messing around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so it's funny you say that. So for me, the icier, the better because it's more consistent. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in the half pipe, not everyone would agree with me, but the icier and the harder it is, like this table, the better because then you know, like, so the edges, there's a lot of obviously technical jargon I won't go into. Yeah. But it's much more consistent in terms of, um, yeah, executing tricks and things. But anyway, yeah. So I think what helps me overcome fear is when I understand obviously what I'm doing, but know that deep down I'm fully committed to it. Because I think as well, regardless of the outcome, you can always you you can always sit down and understand why it may not have worked or why it worked really well when you've committed yourself. 110 percent whereas mm. if you kind of leave a few a few stones unturned then it's pretty obvious why it didn't uh didn't go your way mm. that's an analogy for life yeah there as you go. well let's, isn't it? let's just wrap it up now no, no. <laughs> that um when you talk about the fear and, and stuff like that like we you know we love this on this show talking about like i'm really big into just mental training, visualization, all these bits and pieces, you know, we refer to it as like as a tool belt. Like you don't use all of them all the time. You don't have like fucking meditation, all these bits and pieces and you don't just whip I them mean, out. I do. You might. I don't. I have it right. Here. You have a tool. He has a tool belt on. <laughs> I have a fanny pack. I can pull out little. <laughs> just pluck them out. Like what do you want? You want yeah, some wisdom? Some wisdom. I okay, need wisdom. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> what have you found personally works the best for you? Because at the end of the day, it's, as handsome as charismatic, uh, charismatic, sorry, and handsome and cool as you are, inside you use like this dogged athlete that actually is extremely elite. Like you're one of the best. You are one of the best in the world. Obviously, people know that. You know that. But what makes you the best? What do, what do you think takes you to the next level? Obviously, there's the skill. There's a talent in the air. But there's always another level in the mind. And what do you train? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's an awesome question. Not sure I agree with the uh, with the other attributes, but thank you. Yeah, it's the first time you told me that. You're handsome. Yeah, thank you. I like a jumper too. Thank you. I can't grow a beard, but I try and grow a beard. You want to know why? You don't need a man. I can try and get a jawline. Yeah, but I have like a neck beard. (laughs) So like it's, you know, you always, like Scoot, this Scoot's got a really nice beard. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You want one high up. You you always want what you can't have, you know. You want a beard. I want head out. Just give me some of that. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always been very competitive. So simply it's, yeah, just like to win, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, So when I apply myself to obviously competition or even training, I just try and always tee myself up for the best outcome. Um, And yeah, I think probably where my, probably where my like barking dog comes from, I guess, as I put it in that sense, is that. I probably always felt like, or like, you know, you angry little dog inside of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you had a little angry dog, what would it be? Jack Russell or something. Yeah, sausage dog. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure what mine would be. Um, No, but I think that's the, uh, mine is my, where where I came from, I guess. Not my upbringing was amazing, but more so I felt like I've always had to defy the odds to get to where I am. So now where I, when I stand at the top, let's say hypothetically I'm uh, at the top of the X Games half pipe, even though obviously put in a lot of work to be there and I understand, you know, how to execute to hopefully do my best to win the event, it's probably that moment where I kind of reflect on maybe my journey and then that brings out like the real angry side of me that wants to prove a point. So that's probably the really competitive part of me that is even though now it's really interesting I guess it's kind of off topic but it's relevant in a way where I started to achieve what I want what I dreamt of so let's say you know Olympic medals or um, you know X Games medals or world tour um, world tour event whatever and then you start to do it and then that stuff doesn't become it doesn't have enough like weight to it doesn't have like the why to achieve that anymore isn't strong enough so I always have to try and find a new motivation, like why am I here? Because now just winning the event isn't enough. Mm. So I think it's relevant because that's I'm always still now because I want to be in it for a long time. The reason I want to go up and win now is not the same as when I wanted to win, you know, eight years ago or five years ago or even last year. So it's uh, it's also being open-minded to evolving and not trying to always hold on to that original motivation because because if you regardless even if you do achieve what you want or you don't like i mean 
one day to the next, you're a different person. So for me, it's always been about evolving. So because I'm open-minded in that sense to try and be the best at what I'm doing, it helps me try and find different motivations. So, you know, now, for example, I'm trying to, I'm probably in the phase where even though it may or may, or may not be the reality, but I have this this feeling that people are waiting for me to fail in, in halfpipe. So they're waiting for me to, you know, to stop winning to whatever it may be, start cracking open the bloke in a bar and just get on here and, you know, drink a couple of midis and do some silly things. Go We're not going to do midis, it. Yeah. Do <laughs> crazy midis. Crazy midis. <laughs> we'll get so loose on midis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. So I think that's what drives me at the moment. And yeah. I'm also... I'm in that stage with my with my career where I've been able to fortunately achieve great accolades, but I'm like, I still got a lot left in the tank and I want to do a lot. So that motivates me a lot. I love that. We, um, so I've got this, these guys in my life that I'm really lucky to have and they brought up this thing last year that was so cool for me. And I, I reckon you will, you will like this. And it was called like recalibrating. And if you look at yourself of like, Basically, they, they explain this analogy about like recalibrating your goals, mm-hmm. right? And basically, everything you have, if you haven't recalibrated, everything you have by like 25 is what you wanted when you started as like a 15-year-old kid. Mm. So, you go like when you're a kid, you know, like my biggest thing was I always wanted, like I loved sneakers. And whenever I saw someone like cool, I was like, oh, I just want those shoes. And I'm old. I just want to be able to get shoes. I want to be able to play footy. I want to have this car. I want to do this. Okay. Sick sketch. He's wearing sketches, I, guys. I, they're, yes, they're Solomon's. But yeah, um, nice. the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the analogy is like basically the goals that we achieve, if we don't recalibrate them, we end up living a life that we wanted when we were like 12. So mm. I looked at myself like a few years ago. I was playing footy. I was doing all these like things that I wanted when I was a kid. But then I got there and I was like, fuck, I don't want these things anymore. I want something different. Mm. So it's about like recalip. So it's exactly what you're saying. Like the reasons yeah. you're winning and doing all these things and you had the Red Bull sponsorship, you're living overseas, they were probably things that you wanted. Then you recalibrate now and you go like, this is actually what I want now. This is what I want to get out of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think it's being okay to like- Pivot. Yeah, exactly, pivot. And it's all right. I think that was, I think that's the scary part where, yeah, you just, I, I, I don't know, it might've just been me, but I always felt like, you know, why don't I- why doesn't this drive me anymore? And I would ask like for a good example of that was like, I would even just ask my dad who, you know, I'm not sure what your parents did for work, but my dad and my mom, you know, ran a, a business and they go to that business and they're at that business every single day doing mm. the same thing, most likely every single day out of the same office every single day. For sure. I, can't, I Even for me, you know, I'm fortunate. I get to travel the world. I get to do all these experiences, but I think, on a competition level, it was very similar all the time. So, you know, I would even at, you know, when I was 19 or 20, I would just ask my dad, like, why do you, what gets you up in the morning to keep on doing what you're doing? So I was always very open-minded to ask those questions as well. And, you know, even now I still do. I'm always very open-minded in trying to understand other people's journey and, and how they get there. I think I listened to, I did listen to a really good podcast recently where, I, um, I forget who it was, but he was basically saying like, when you look at someone on a pedestal and you're like, I want to be that person, you think that that person has everything figured out. You know, their life's, you know, free of issues. Their sporting life is free of issues. Their you know, whatever, it is, everything is just sorted and they get to live and do whatever they do every day. And, you know, I want to do that. But he was like, it is bullshit. Like mm. no one wakes up every day. I mean- you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but no one wakes up every day just free of issues. No. You but need also, them, but you need issues, man. 100%. So I think that- Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that's just, but isn't there- So yeah, there's this quote from Pitbull that I really like, and it's like without- I can't even- rec- I'm going to have to send it to you because I don't remember, but it talks so, about like without the peaks and troughs, there's no winning. You know, if you're always winning, you don't know what it is to lose. Sorry. If you're always winning, you don't know what it is to lose. If you're always losing, you don't know what it is to win. Mm. It's like you need to take the I losses. I did pick and, you over Pitbull kind I, of guy. Well, mate, anyone who can rhyme Kodak and Kodak Mr. is- Mr. 305, is, is that who Pitbull is? Yes. You yeah, know Pitbull. Nice. Come on. I'm pretty don't. sure he played at Eastland, like next to my school, so he's, he's oh, really- he pl- I was going to say he played for Eastland? Or yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he played there. No, I think you mean he played oh, no, that footy. Was f- flow rider. No, sorry, he didn't play flow footy. Flow rider's just as good. I mean, Pitbull doesn't like he I mean, imagine Pitbull playing footy. He'd be good. Yeah, you reckon? You never know. He just He could with it, this quote, he it, could do anything, basically. He'd just stand in the square and just 
call them in. What's changed for you then? Like what's something, I know you've always got an incredible long time and great accolades with snowboarding to go, but interested in your off goals? Off pipe life. Off pipe life. Okay. What are you, what are you keen to do? Because like you've got, I've mentioned it a few times, but I love like all the stuff you're doing online. Very charismatic guys have said, what, is there something in there you want to continue to do? Like your brother shoots and edits and you work with him closely on a lot of content? I don't know necessarily with content. I think we're very off the cuff. Like we just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You know, I haven't thought about pursuing anything in media or in that sense. Like we just at the moment just have fun with the, with the, with the content. One thing that's very pretty prominent in my life is I love, um, I love investing. So I'm very into like venture capital. Love that. You know, got a got a few investments going at the moment in some funds, and then any you know, businesses some we'd know. Investments. We have some. We had some really good VCs on the podcast. Oh, really? So we've had Nick Crocker from Blackbird. Yeah, um, he's a really good friend of the show. Unbelievable nice. guy. Yeah, and Jaden Comerford okay. from uh, Unified Music. Yeah, okay. so. Yeah, you should listen to them. Nick Crocker's an awesome guy, man. He's like, oh, I'm sure you're aware of them, but they're like the biggest, well, you know, you live overseas, so they've yeah. got some very big ones, but yeah, he's the biggest awesome. in Australia. They've got like $9 billion or something like yeah, that. Yeah, wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I love the space. I think it's really cool because I'm also very engaged in like meeting. So doing, I've done done a few, but some direct investments, like a really good one in the US with a guy named Bohan from Buzzer. And Buzzer is like a new sporting platform basically that's, using a similar kind of system as paying 99 cents to watch a game instead of having a prescription every month. Cool. So it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's almost like kind of how iTunes used to be when yeah. you just pay for like your favorite yeah, that's song. Sick. So instead of paying- you know, Yeah, like a subscription for a month. Yeah. Because yeah. I need that because I pay like a lot of money for subscriptions, but I watch fuck all games. So you're like, paying like 799, 799, 799, 799. Yeah. Like, just pay 99 cents. Well, is like, Bang. I think like K is like 40 bucks a month yeah. or something now. It's crazy. Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, doing well. Should have got in there. Should really? invest in that. There you go. There you go. Um, are but, you aware of, uh, sorry, continue. I was going to say, are you aware of Athletic Ventures in Australia? I have. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Have you met yeah, with I've the heard. boys yet? I haven't, no. But uh, yeah, so I really enjoy that space. It's a really fun, fun space to be in. And Chloe's actually very, very good at VC. She does a lot of, um, she's invested in some good stuff. So yeah, I really like it. It, enga it keeps me engaged. Mm. I really like meeting, I really like meeting um, founders and young CEOs and you just kind of see them having a very, it's kind of relative issues to me, I guess, because I like hearing their story and just talking about it because at the end of the day, they're all like, regardless if you play sport or you, you know, doing a startup and trying to get a business off the ground, you kind of are dealing with all the same irrational emotions every single day. And I find that really interesting to talk to them about. And then also how they break it down because sometimes they're dealing with, 100 staff or 200 staff that they're trying to get on the same page, but then they're dealing with things and it's, so that's been real. I really enjoy that. And then investing in them, I think is fun. There's a, um, a analogy that someone used, I, I can't remember who it is, but it's like the athlete needs to be remodeled into not people that just do sport, but anyone that performs at a high level. Mm. And it's like these young entrepreneurs, male, they're, they're athletes. Yeah, like, if anything, they're more athletic than anyone else because whilst the, you know the sports people on tv get a lot of the accolades um when you're in sport you think you just well i did anyway i thought i was just this guy that no one knew better than me i was at an afl club how good is this but there's fucking people doing what i'm doing half my age running massive businesses learning the exact same things that are all applicable for both things like sport and business have the most crossover of anything i, I think yeah for sure my kind of mentor guy that i I guess, lean on a lot just to help me navigate me through things in life. Yeah. I mean, he, a lot of his other clients are definitely people more so in finance versus really sport. Really? So it's, it's very prominent where they guess, you know, everyone's kind of delegating the same issues. Um, but yeah, and it's also a very competitive space. Cause your wife to be is a, uh, singer as well. Yeah. What's happening with that? Has she got any- yeah, she's working on it. It's coming an out. An album? So she's been working now on it for about 12 months. Yeah. So she's, um, yeah, she's got a got an incredible voice and she's been working with some really cool piano. producers, plays piano. And yeah, I mean, I've taught her a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won't get into it. So yeah, I actually need to warm them up a yeah, little that, bit before, a, I, there's a massive warm before I put on yeah, the- um, Don't perform yeah, that Before I put on the show, but- uh, no, yeah, she, she's doing really well with that. And she's uh, releasing an album, I believe, in April next month. Or she's releasing a song, I think, next month. But yeah, she's going to start rolling some things out soon. 
Pre-save it? I'm going to pre-save it. Okay, perfect. I don't think you can yet, but I will when it's I like that. there. We'll yep. be sending that out to everyone. Perfect. Mate, talk me through to, I've been very extremely great, grateful of your time. I know you're a busy man. What's the next bit look like for you? What have you got coming up? What's exciting? Obviously, we've got, you're in Melbourne for a couple more days, going to the Grand Prix, I'm assuming. Yep. That'd yep. be fun. The weather's fucked, hey? Yeah, it's terrible. Jeepers. Right this get- morning, and it was like, arrived at 6.45 a.m. from the US and- I looked outside. I thought it was going to be like- Last week was awesome. Forgot it was daylight saving. Yeah, last done. week was so good. So, Do you play yeah, golf? tough. Yeah, play golf. We've got to have a game of golf one day, man. Play golf. Yeah, yeah. we're good to do yeah, that. We all play golf really well, so- well, I'm terrible. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely not good. But uh, what I got on, so I'm actually going out to see the Bombers tomorrow. Um, we haven't even spoke about the Bombers yet. I need yeah, to talk to you about that. That was yeah, a big we're point. We're looking really good. Mate, you've beat the two bottom, like, I didn't want to burst your bubble straight away, yeah. but now that we're friends, mm-hmm. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Don't be careful what you no, say. No, I said now that we're I'll friends. I'll get Peter over here, Please. and he'll and he'll be lays the Carlton. Yeah, but he hates the matter. But you didn't say yes he'll, to that. We're friends. In. You still haven't said yes. Okay, we're not friends. Yeah, yeah, um, we are friends. <laughs> we're friends. The, first friend from first me, friend. So. The um, bombers, man. You guys are getting excited. Like you know, you've beat the two like eighteenth and seventeenth. So you're probably going to finish like sixteenth this year. Yeah. But we have Draper, don't we? You do have, you know, Drape, we do a podcast with Drapes. I do, there you yeah. go. Good 200 yeah. plus. We've got to yeah. get you in. He comes in here once a week. Yeah, we got Big Draper, fella. we got McGrath, got Langford. How I mean, much, do you, do you, I mean, it goes on. It yeah. goes on. Do you really like love the Bombers? I love the Bombers. Yeah, you follow it when you're away. Big and, fan, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's my, your thoughts got on my it? subscription? I think it's actually, they really ripped me on that su- subscription. Get um, on to Buzzer. Watch NFL or whatever it is, yeah, yeah overseas. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot, but you know, I would I would pay anything to watch the Dons. Uh, you're watching, so that's 150th game this weekend, actually for Saints. So Big. you're playing the Saints, Essendon. Yeah, I'm gone. I'll Exciting. be there. Where are you yeah. sitting? You got a box? Yeah. Dude. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Who are you going with? Is someone can't? You're going to take Danny Ring? You got, got some got some friends coming for sure. It's going to be a good time man, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing on. Yeah, I cleared okay. the schedule just in case because I love the Saints and Bombers at Marvel. <laughs> it's going to be. It's at the MCG actually. I know it's going to be huge. Yeah, that's exciting for you. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, what, what do you reckon? How many is going to show up? Well, it's 150th game for the Saints. I know that because we had Lenny Hayes on the podcast okay. um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So two 60? teams are on two teams are on two wins. Sixty thousand. I reckon sixty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 60. Are you going to take a couple of the F one boys, or just mates, or who you got? I don't know. Some of their fun boys might come. Yeah, just mates from home. Dad's coming. My brothers. Yeah, Has so Chloe we'll been to a, a game? A, not yet. This is her first one. Yeah, you know, actually, last year I organised for us to go, but we ended up having to leave and come back. But so we missed it. But yeah, I got to get her this winter for sure. We'll get her to a game. Oh, she's she's not here at the moment. No, nah, Chloe's not here. Okay. She's not here at the moment. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm doing the duties this weekend. Fam duties, cheering her brother on. Yeah, love They're it. They're looking quick. Very excited. Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Yeah, it's exciting. Looking really fast. So, hopefully it's a good weekend this weekend, both for the Bombers and Aston Martin. And, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of lot, lot of things happening oh, this weekend. There's a lot going on for it's you, It's great. Man. It's so good. It's great. Um, Oscar Piastri, mm-hmm. he signed with Aston Martin, didn't he? No, he signed with uh, McLaren. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yes. lot. He's a lot. I think he's Melbourne. He's actually. a Sandringham boy. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice kid. Lovely kid. Just lastly, mate, I, I talk me through your bombers. Give me your top three players. Who you like? What do they need to do to get better? And are you happy with the appointment of Brad Scott? Hmm. And what did you think about Dustin uh, Dyson Heppel? Sorry, getting subbed off on the weekend. Did you see that? Yeah, that that's tough, isn't it? That's tough. Um, From someone who's been subbed off a bit. Yeah, it's it hurts. Yeah. Favorite players. I mean, Draper obviously is. Yeah. A sh- you know, he's a shoe in. Langers, I mean, kicked four on the weekend, five. so it was a five. Five, five yeah. Far out, okay. So I uh, knew we had something in common. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I really love McGrath. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I feel him at half back now. Like, yeah, 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 I think he's, he's good. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I, I picked I picked Merritt to be the new captain, so I think he's that's a good choice. Yeah. And Heppel's just shredded. I mean. Yeah, he's shredded. Yeah, shred. I've just gone completely blank on it, but there is two guys that I really like at the moment. One's Zerk Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I'm looking at, I'm looking, no, it's not the, I do love Redmond, but there's one that Red I really like that he got picked up in the mid-season draft last year and he's playing some really, number 22, I think he is. Men, um, men, um, Menzies. Is it Menzies? No, I don't think it's Menzies. Martin's great too. Oh, yeah, he's 37. Yeah. yeah, Nick Martin. But yeah, I mean, Brad Scott, I think it's good. I mean, it's good to see. I mean, it obviously seems to be working out. I mean, St Kilda look like they don't have much of a list for this weekend. They've won two games in a row. Yeah, I know. 
Sam um, Durham. Jack Steele's Durham. lost his shoulders just flown off. Though. Yeah, that's that's a um, that's tough. That's not good. Sam Durham, I like. Yeah, Durham's good. Twenty two. Yeah. Um I can't I, I I mean we can get into some bombers politics, but they'll never invite me back. So Why? What happened? No, I'm just kidding. Oh oh you don't oh right, yeah, you don't wanna Yeah, I don't wanna, you know. Just in case. Yeah. You know. Are you number one it's ticket only, holder? It's, what's that? Are you number one ticket holder? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> mate, unreal. Nothing but good things to say about it. No, mate, me too. I love the Bombers, yeah, yeah, um, uh, as everyone would it know. It really annoys me. I, I mean, I love Pitto, but fuck, it pisses me off how well Carton are playing. I know. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's pretty pretty weird. The last one I will say is um, we had Elijah Sardis in yep. as well. Okay. He's going to be a genuine star. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are in good so place. Is this, this what he does? Just start name dropping all the yeah, players? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, mates great. with Will Setterfield, mates with um, yeah. mates with heaps of guys, man. I got yeah. heaps <laughs> you can check it, man. I'm mates with heaps of these guys. I told you I used to play it. Yeah? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wrong. But I think I saw your mate that we were talking about before, Dan. Yeah. Is he playing for Port? No. Oh, Port Adelaide. Shit. I thought he was. <laughs> no, he doesn't no, play I, AFL I, I anymore. No, but I, I thought I saw him in the rooms. At Port? Yeah, I thought I saw Maybe it's just a big lookalike. No, I don't think he, he doesn't play for Port. Yeah. Um, no, no. <laughs> it's definitely just not him. Um, mate. <laughs> it's definitely just not thank him. Thank you for your time today. Um, I really do appreciate it. It's taken a while to get us in. Honestly, learned a lot. Really have. You're a hard man to get hold of, doing incredible things, doing us all proud. So I appreciate you coming in. And if there's ever anything we can do, shout out. Love it. Thanks, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad break during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.